Welcome to Inside the Lab at Formula 4 Media. I'm Emily Walzer. Today we are speaking with Gary Smith, CEO of Poetech at the Outdoor Retailer Summer Market Trade Show. Good afternoon, Gary. Good afternoon, Emily. A few questions for you and I'll start right in. You had joined Polartec almost three years ago, having previously served as president of the Outdoor Group for Timberland. Can you give our listeners a couple examples of corporate highlights and or significant management accomplishments that have occurred during your time at the helm of Polartec? Uh, sure. Well, it's been almost three years, I guess. Um, it's gone by really fast, and three years in the context of Polar Tech's a really short time. You know, the, the predecessor company, Malden Mills, has been around for over 100 years, so um, a lot of going on, you know, at, uh, at Polar Tech. I inherited a great group of folks who uh, are sort of really deeply rooted in innovation. You know, we're sitting here at the Outdoor Retailer Trade Show, and I guess the, the biggest change for us, if you look around the booth, um, that a number of the garments and the brands that are displayed here is just the diversification that we've gone through. So so while most people associate Polar Tech and our technical fabrics with the traditional outdoor industry, um, what we're finding is lots of uptake from you know non-traditional outdoor industry players, whether it's cycling, fitness, athletic brands, lifestyle brands, and so just the notion of bringing performance versatility into apparel across a wide range of end uses, that's really been uh, an opportunity for Polar Tech to grow outside of the core outdoor. Not at the expense of outdoor, we still love the outdoor industry and it's an important you know, anchor for us, but it's been uh, it's been great to diversify. It's military product, workwear product, you name it. Well, you mentioned your history and how long uh, Polar Tech uh, has been involved in outdoor and many other interesting. You have a very fascinating corporate history, including a devastating fire at Malden Mills, um, bankruptcies, turnarounds, ownership changes, as well as extremely successful textile innovations and marketing campaigns. How would you say Polar Tech is position for 2015? Sure. I think, you know, a lot of the history, I guess, you know, I mean, adversity and surviving through adversity and uh, being, as I said earlier, rooted in innovation that just, you know, you just keep on keeping on, you know, and it uh, it's just testament to the people that uh, are here now and that came before all of us, myself included, that, you know, perseverance and, and you know, sticking with what you're good at. We, we joke, you know, pun intended, stick to our knitting because we're knitters. Um, Politech for 2015, again, um, you know, there's markets external Externally, that are soft. You know, Europe is struggling with the euro devaluation and, you know, sovereign debt crisis in Greece and things like that. So Europe as a market, as a consumer market overall is down. Um, again, for us, you know, we've diversified our business. And so we're actually adding new customers in Europe, cycling brands, fitness brands, lifestyle brands, as I mentioned earlier. Our foreign military business is doing well based on a, a strong U.S. military business. And then again, workwear. Um, you know, we do a lot of FR products. Some of those innovations were developed for the military. So, you know, Asia is kind of mixed. It's, you know, it's not a homogenous market the way, you know, some people think of it. And so some markets are okay. Australia, New Zealand's doing well. Japan, Korea, a little tough. You know, they've had some soft winters for the past few years. North America is doing extremely well. Um, so North America is kind of our bright star right now. And so again, it's a combination of just being a global company. So that geographic diversity and then just being diversified within any geography in terms of the customer types that we're serving and the end uses that we're solving uh, problems for.
for with textiles. I'm going to ask you just to elaborate a little bit more sort of on that same theme uh, because I know you have some new personnel. Uh, Darren Josie has joined as marketing manager, new PR agency in Boston, new Powerwool uh, product has come out. Um, how do these recent hires and textile initiatives play into 2016 or even beyond strategies? Sure. So again, you know, I mean, uh, you know, personnel changes, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, small company. You know, we have 700 employees globally, so people come, people go. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's always good to, you know, mix things up and get new folks in. So Darren, who's sitting here uh, joining us as our North American marketing manager, he brings a lot of fresh perspective. You know, he comes out of the athletic space primarily, you know, his background. And again, that's an important uh, growth opportunity for us that we've had great success in. So um, it's always good to, you know, get fresh set of eyes looking at things. Um, you know, Breakaway, our new PR firm out of Boston, uh, Breakaway is, uh, again, very diverse agency, serve lots of uh, different types of, of companies, everything from, you know, restaurants to home products to apparel products, lifestyle products. So, and, um, you know, they're close to home, so it's really convenient for us, and we're really excited. They've already brought, you know, a lot of fresh ideas and energy to, to the conversation. And, you know, for 2016 beyond, it's, you know, it's just, again, it's, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to go wherever there's a problem that we can solve through a textile. That's what we do. You know, we solve problems through textiles. And so if you got a problem, come see us, you know, and we'll solve it through a textile. You're too hot, too cold, too warm, you know, not warm enough, you know, worried about fire, you know, electrical shock. We can, we can deal with it. Um, through textiles. So uh, our, our 2016 product launch is a cooling story. So everybody knows Polartec for warm, you know, fabrics. And so we're taking that same capability in construction and, and content, yarn content, fiber content. And we brought out a new cooling platform that we'll be, that, you know, we're showing to customers now. We'll be launching commercially in 2016. It's called Delta. Um, and it actually enhances the body's evaporative cooling system. And it does that through construction and fiber. So um, the, the code name for the development was Project Radiator. You know, everybody's body is designed to, to, you know, have an evaporative cooling system. That's why we sweat. And so in a really hot situation or a highly aerobic situation, how could we enhance that? And so uh, just yesterday, I kind of coined the phrase, you know, when we were trying to describe, well, how is this different than power dry? Our lightweight fabrics we use in a layering system. I said, this is the shirt that you want to wear when you don't want to wear a shirt. So it's that hot that you don't want to wear a shirt. So this is the shirt that you put on because it actually enhances your body's ability to cool itself down. And it's just it's a it's a consumer response to it here at the show so far, and, and a couple of weeks ago in Europe, it's been phenomenal. And it's a it's a it's an easy to understand story. It's visible technology; you can see it in the construction. And we have we have testing data that backs it up. It hits that sweet spot between cotton and synthetic. Goldilocks. Cooling is definitely one of the big trends going on in, in uh, textiles for outdoor, but I think a couple other trends that are important right now are sustainability and made in America. Um, could you update our listeners on your progress? Um, I know you do a big thing with recycling, recycled yarns, and any other eco efforts, and maybe also please um, touch on how Polartec addresses the make local movement. Um, you could think of domestic sourcing sure. as, as well, and, and your outlet on those two trends. 
Yeah, sure. So let me let me just start with, I mean, again, you know, as a as a hundred plus year old company, sustainability, environmental responsibility, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, so conservation is, you know, it's good just Yankee frugality, right? So don't waste things. So that's always been part of our DNA. Um, but you know, here at this show, we're celebrating uh, this year. We've actually surpassed one billion bottles, and so our thanks a billion campaign. Um, so we've used over one billion bottles in recycled fabrics, um, recycled water bottles, PET water bottles. And so we're now at a point where, and have been for several years now, where over 50% of what we produce has recycled content in it. And so we're kind of indifferent, you know, to whether or not we don't need to use virgin product. And that's just an example. It's, it's also a sustainability thing, not just an environmental responsibility thing, because we're taking something that has previously been perceived as trash and turning it into a resource. And the reason why we're saying thanks a billion, though, is rather than, you know, get a sore hand patting ourselves on the back, is it's just really a call to action. We started in 1993, so it took us 23 years to get to a billion bottles. This year alone in the United States, over 40 billion water bottles and soda bottles will get thrown into the trash. And so it's really just a drop in the bucket. And so um, while we're proud of what we've accomplished and we're a pioneer in the space, we've got a long way to go. But there's a lot of resource out there from a sustainability standpoint that if we just reused it, we'd all be better off. Uh, you know, in terms of you know, the make local, uh, it depends on how you define local. We're a global company. We serve brands around the world. Um, pretty much there isn't an active or outdoor brand around the world that we haven't you know, sold a fabric to at some point. And so we're, we produce in the United States, we produce in Asia, and we've just uh, started a, a supply agreement with a European producer because with the, the, the devaluation of the euro that I mentioned earlier, there's an equilibrium that's going on around labor costs around the world now. Cheap is not so cheap anymore. And so um, we made over a million yards of fabric last year in the United States that we shipped to Europe to be cut and sewn in Europe. We're much better off making that product in Europe to be cut and sewn in Europe rather than shipping rolls of fabric around the world. There's freight, there's duty, there's real cost implications. It's also just irresponsible to be moving rolls of fabric around the world, burning fossil fuels in the process. So it's kind of a smart thing to do to help our customers mitigate currency risk, but making the fabric where they want to cut and sew the garments and then sell the garments, that's, that's really important to us. So having a global footprint, in effect, will make wherever you want to make garments you know we'll make textiles you can make local wherever you are basically and that and in a way that ties also into your sustainability story sure absolutely and you know again we're a u.s domiciled company that's our history that's our heritage we're always going to make fabric in the u.s you know the u.s military is an important partner of ours and we have a privileged relationship you know ship with the u.s military in terms of our development and that leads to a lot of commercial opportunities for us so um you know it's not a jingoistic patriotic you know thing it's really just make the fabric where you have the opportunity to supply a customer and solve a problem for them. Great. That was nice to be able to tie sort of both of those things together in in one umbrella kind of theme. Continuing with the outdoor industry, it's certainly changing. It's broadening its focus to include active and urban categories. You mentioned that Darren has a nice active background, which is good because that's a trend going forward here. And likewise, Polartec has become much more than a fleece supplier. You've had some really interesting recent collaborations. Um, Note are Converse in the footwear space and Athleta in a women's sort of streetwear application, and those serve as good examples of these collaboration trend. What are the partnerships or 
product introduction, introductions have been effective in widening Polartec's scope in the last year or so, and can we expect to see more of that kind of thing going forward? Sure, yeah, um, absolutely can expect to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, at the summer show here, we highlight our Apex Award winners, and uh, the Apex is an award that we, we, we have judged on an annual basis based on... Um, customer submissions to us, customers who use Polartec fabric, and we had over 150, 180-odd submissions, and we selected 13 winners globally. Um, What was interesting in North America, not one of the winners, there were seven winners in North America, not one of them is exhibiting at this show. And so that was one of those profound things that came out after the judging was done when we stepped back and we said, because we've always handed out the award at this show and made kind of a big splash about it, and we said, "Uh uh-oh, what do we do? Right? We can't really hand out the awards if the people aren't at the show. And so it's just indicative that I think some of the freshest style and most innovative constructions and use of our fabrics in turn are coming from brands that are not sort of entrenched in traditional space. And that's just one anecdote that kind of supports that. And so, and I think what's driving that is, you know, a younger demographic, the so-called new consumer, you can call them millennial if you want to put demographic terms around it, but their definition of outdoor is anything that's not indoors, right? It's, you know, it could be in Japan, there's this sort of like, you know, local camping phenomena where, you know, I was just in Japan a couple weeks ago in Tokyo and and people will walk to parks or drive short distances, but if it's if it's grass, if there's trees, they'll camp, and it's a social thing, you know. And so, camp furniture, um, tents, and, and backpacks, and, and things of that sort for car camping are, you know, just doing really, really well. And so, there's also. You know, there's this notion of versatility. It's a word that I like to use to describe, you know, the lifestyle that a younger demographic wants to live, right? They want to do a lot of things, right? You know, they jam a lot into a day. They're really busy, really active. And they don't have these wardrobing occasions where they can go change. So they don't want specific things for specific activities. They want a lot of versatility, just like they want a lot of capability out of a handheld device, right? So their apparel needs to, you know, it needs to be functional, right? It needs to perform, keep me dry, keep me warm, keep me cool whatever it may be, but that kind of takes a back seat to style because I want style that doesn't make me look like I just came off a trail, you know, or I just came off a crag. And so how can we and, and, the, and the partners that we work with create fabrics, fabrications, designs, garments that satisfy that demand, which is it, it has to perform, but it has to look good too. And so I think it's just, it's just indicative of broader lifestyle trends and consumer expectations, right? They want it all. Right, you know, just think about anything, whether it's consumer electronics or automobiles. Automobiles wasn't that long ago that safety features like anti-lock brakes and airbags were an option. Now it's anti, right? You know, consumer electronics. You know, it used to be that you sold computers based on processor speed. Nobody cares what's inside the thing now. What does it do for me? Does it take better pictures? Does it enable my social network? You know, you know, whatever, right? And so, I think apparel is is paralleling those examples in this need for performance as anti but also give me style that doesn't constrain my usage occasions while I'm dressed. It's too active or static or indoor or outdoor. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, it's just kind of, you know, it's indicative of you know what we're seeing in terms of demand as we develop fabrics for customers and the types of customers that are coming to us for solutions. I think that um, you've done a great job of sort of outlining megatrends, but also being able to define how Polartec fits into the changes of what's going on in outdoor and how it's broadening in, into other areas as well. So, Gary, thank you very much for your time and for answering our questions and filling us in on Polartec and how um, what's going on here a little bit at outdoor. 
outdoor retailer. Um, you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Formula 4 Media. I'm Emily Walzer.